0: Welcome to The Green Zone podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show.
1: Welcome back to The Green Zone with Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. Mindset can play a big role in successful investing. I'm Patrice Sakura, and no matter what the outcome of the contentious national election, you must look after your financial future with a calm, reasonable attitude. All right, Jeff, how is an investor supposed to keep their powder dry with so much swirling out there?
2: Well, uh, Patrice, that's a great question. Certainly, we have to, you have to bring in coronavirus during all of this because mm-hmm. it has upended the traditional cadence of a normal election year and there's a couple of things i think we need to keep in mind when we and i'm not i'm not this isn't a political discussion at all this right. is a discussion about the markets and how they react under different presidential campaigns or um, administrations administrations thank right. you that's what i was looking for so that's what so that's what i want to make sure we understand here this isn't for any one political party this isn't even a political discussion it's a discussion about the markets and no matter what happens Markets have performed well under both parties. The S&P 500 index delivered an average annual return of about 11% over the past 75 years. That's through Democratic administrations and that's through Republican administrations. So we need to keep that in mind. It's also the economy has also expanded on average about 3% per year during that time as well. So it doesn't really matter who's in office. Our markets have performed in a relatively similar fashion throughout history.
1: And speaking of history, I mean, what we remember of history, is it fact?
2: Well, so that's a great question too. So the, our historical narrative is is very rarely as we remember it. So you remember, you're around with Jimmy Carter, correct?
1: Uh, yes, I was. Okay. No, I'm not, no, I'm not <laughs> dating
2: you, Patrice, no, don't think that. But who would have thought, that Jimmy Carter presided over significant job growth. Do you remember that?
1: Actually, no, that's not the way I remember it. You're right.
2: He had very good job gains during his time. Uh, under Reagan, income for those in the 50th percentile of the population ranked by income grew by almost 20%. We don't remember that either. Mm-mm. During Obama's presidency, despite concerns that his policies would be massive, uh, massively inflationary, the U.S. had one of the longest deflationary environments on record. And look at Trump, uh, capital expenditures were below their historical growth rate, even in the aftermath of very large corporate tax cuts. So these are things now we can cite different reasons for all of these things we can say, well, you know, under Obama, he had the longest, slowest recovery on record. And maybe that's why it was a deflation. You can, you can cite all of these reasons, but the fact remains, these are the facts, the reasons are debatable but the facts remain. And so our historical narrative of what we remember certain presidential administrations to be like are not always accurate. So basically
1: this goes back to the first point you were making that neither party can really claim that they had superior or much better economic or financial market performance. Everybody. They all will.
2: They'll yep. all claim it. Oh but yeah. They can't claim it.
1: Now, <laughs> now the president, the, the executive branch, the Congress, they do one kind of, of policy spending and whatnot. The Fed is another policy. Tell me about monetary policy because that is the Fed's domain.
2: Yeah. So I would argue that we put a lot of focus on presidential administrations and how they will affect markets, economies, et cetera. But the real truth is that monetary policy matters far more. And there's an old adage in the markets: don't fight the Fed. And that's held true for a long, long time. Look at different presidential elections. Give me, for example, uh, Reagan and Clinton, Presidents Reagan and Clinton, they benefited from consistently falling interest rates during you know, their presidential terms. Presidents Both Presidents Bush, uh, HW and W, uh, were hurt by Fed tightening. They had an inverted yield curve and a recession during their tenures. Obama, President Obama, he benefited from pretty much a benign rate environment, minus maybe a brief moment during 2015, 2016, during his term. And Trump, President Trump was first couple of years during his term, the Fed tightened policy. Now, they've since reversed that due again to pandemics, et cetera. But, But the monetary policy affects economic growth, stock market growth more than presidential administrations ever will.
1: And I think we should point out here that uh, the Fed is independent.
2: Yes, so they say. So they say. (laughs) So they say. Yeah, they they are independent, and that's the way it's designed. I don't know. I mean, you can argue that presidents have influence. Certainly, President Trump. We've seen him, you know, rattle his saber with the Fed. Uh, I I don't. I don't. I like to believe that they don't influence. But yes, the Fed is an independent body.
1: And now the Fed, again, does the monetary policy. You're talking about low interest rates here, a very tight environment, a low, very low interest rates, I should say. What happens, though, when you have the uh, executive branch raising interest, interest rates? And face it, we're probably looking at higher rates at, on that side.
2: Well, the executive branch can't raise interest rates. Only the Fed can. Do I'm
1: sorry, that. you're right. Not interest rates. I meant tax rates.
2: Tax rates. So that's a different story. Mm-hmm. So tax rates, well, you know, here's, we'll go back to another the example I, I cited a minute ago. President Trump lowered corporate tax rates, and I mean, significantly. And you would have expected capital expenditures, corporate capital expenditures, to have increased. Well, they didn't. In fact, they were below average under that period of time since he had lowered those uh, tax rates. If they raise tax rates, and again, we can go back to all of the, the presidential campaigns or uh, administrations that I have mentioned. And you had higher tax rates in some, lower tax rates in others. But the markets, on average, have continued to perform about the same.
1: Okay. The markets also really don't care who the president is. I mean, you've got all these policies. If so-and-so gets in, the market will go down. If so-and-so gets in, the market will go up.
3: What? Come on. It really doesn't seem to matter. So I'll say a little something on that. You know, I think a lot of us think that approval rating and what everyone thinks about the president really comes into play, but some of the best returns in the market have come when the presidential approval rating was in the low range between 36 to 50%, which is something that, you know, probably people don't think about. And what that really means is that the market has delivered some of its best returns during periods when half of the country or more don't approve of the job that the current administration is doing.
2: Let's face it. We don't always like our president, right? But the market doesn't care. It doesn't matter. And that's one of the things I kind of want to stress here. It doesn't matter who wins this election. Uh, yes, it. Um, and again, uh, we all have our opinions and we think certain maybe social things matter. And yes, they do matter. I'm speaking strictly to the markets, okay? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm speaking mm-hmm. about is the it does not matter to the market Who's president? You may have knee jerk reactions. I remember the 2016 election. I'm up all night. Uh, you know, I, that's, and I'll be right, up all right. night November 3rd. And I and watched the futures. And when Trump w- looked like Trump was winning, the futures went limit down. And I could not wait to get to my office in the morning because I was going to buy everything I could possibly buy because that was just. <laughs> ridiculous to me, it, was, it made zero sense. It was a knee-jerk reaction. Well, by the time I got to my office and by the time the market opened, the you know the market was down maybe 200 points or so. So the, the limit down is like 900 or so, or whatever it was at that time. And so my point is, there, there may be a knee-jerk reaction, but when things normalize, it doesn't matter.
1: I remember that morning, I got into the newsroom about 3 a.m. and everything, as you say, was limit down. And then by the time the market opened, there was there was recovery coming back, yeah. so the markets say, "All right, you're going to be in office. We're still going to continue."
2: Yeah, so yeah, so so the, so the markets hate uncertainty, and so it may have been that uncertainty about Trump or Hillary or who you know what what is going on, but once we knew, we knew, and life went on.
1: I think that's key. Once we knew, we knew. This time around, we may not know for a, a couple of days, so it'll be interesting to see how the market. Uh, you know, performs in those few days.
2: Yeah. And uh, again, we saw that in 2000 and we all survived that. We all got through that and we've (laughs) prospered since then. So again, I will say, even if we go into some sort of prolonged period where we don't know the outcome, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first, it's going to be okay.
1: So what should you do though? I mean, just hold on to your hands and say, don't touch any buttons. Don't push anything. Just sit there.
2: You need to stay the course. If you okay. have a plan, then you you should be fine. If you have a plan to deal with this and we have plans, we've done everything that we can for our clients, preparation of the election, but it's not just the election that we're preparing for. We've prepared their life plan and we've prepared that to withstand whatever comes our way because we just don't know. And our clients have a certain amount of income set aside, a certain amount of cash set aside that we can withstand whatever comes our way. Markets are going to go up and markets are going to go down. As long as you have a plan in place, I would suggest you stay the course. And I say that all the time, stay the course. That's what you need to do during this time is just simply know that, know that you have a plan. If you don't have a plan, get one. We can help with that if you need it, but get a plan and, and stay that course and you will be fine.
1: All right, this hasn't exactly been a um, a calm, gentlemanly campaign. But this isn't the most this isn't the nastiest we've ever had, is it?
2: Oh gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, our our politics, our country was founded on bickering and arguing. I mean, (laughs) we've seen it forever. I mean, me and Lauren bicker and argue for God's (laughs) sake, but you know, this certainly has not been, been the worst. So I'll tell you the story. I have a favorite
3: founding father. Yes,
2: I do. And everybody around me, you'll know my favorite founding father. And I asked him, Hey, who's your favorite founding father? So my favorite, and I have a whole host of reasons, but Ben Franklin is mine. Okay. And I asked Lauren one day, I said, Hey. Who's your favorite founding father? That stumped her, and she goes, "I don't know. I need to think about this." And so she did her research. Right? What'd you come up with?
3: I don't know. I'm kind of still thinking on that one. <laughs> oh, it's really on hard now. to choose. Come on, on now. One. Come on well, now. Well, no come thinking? on. She
2: picked on. Alexander Hamilton.
3: Well, partially because I love the musical. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let me tell you a little bit of something about Alexander Hamilton. He got in a little duel, fellow by the name of uh, Aaron Burr. Back in ni- 18,
3: 1804, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, over politics, right? So they, they decided they're going to settle their differences with a duel, a pistol. They're going to shoot each other. So and-, and
3: Aaron Burr was the sitting vice president at the time? Yeah. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> so... You know, they shot each other. I, I think Alexander Hamilton eventually died from that wound. Yeah. Oh, yes, he did. So, uh, so uh, can it be worse? Yeah.
3: <laughs> we, <laughs> I don't think Pence is going to be out there fighting any duels. <laughs>
2: I hope not.
3: I hope not. That yeah. would be so anyway,
2: I said, well, maybe you want to pick a, another founding father. Uh, uh, Hamilton <laughs> didn't make it. For the so duel. you just
3: who, haven't seen the musical. <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd be singing a different.
1: Who, too. Who, who well, else is I would have loved it, the
2: but they shut the country down. I can't, I can't, this can't go. This is see true.
3: It. Well, you can get
1: it on Disney plus it's there. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> all right, Lauren, who else was in the running?
2: Well, let's see. We had George Bush. I mean, I'm sorry, George Bush. George Washington. He, you know, they so we do hear at... about fake news, right? <laughs> uh, that's Trump's favorite saying, fake news, fake news. Well, fake news has been around for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think George Washington said it best. He said, newspapers filled with all the invective and that disappointment, ignorance of facts. So basically he's saying... Anything fake news. that you see in print, don't believe it. It's just <laughs> ridiculous.
3: And even Thomas Jefferson said, nothing na- nothing can now be believed which is seen in the newspaper. Truth itself becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. Very telling of <laughs> what was to come.
2: Yeah, yes. so we've seen fake news for a long time. It's nothing new. None of what we're seeing is new. It's just different. And uh, it's in a different time. But this is how our nation was founded and it really it's a good thing that we have different views and that we can you know i'd like to see more civility yes but mm. but we all we have we've never seen civility if i mean if we were shooting each other back in the day uh <laughs> our founding fathers are <laughs> shooting each other i think we've come a long way we're not shooting each other anymore
1: a little contentious in the verbal mode but that's about it you're right yeah. now there is the misery index tell me about that
2: yeah so the misery index is A very good indicator. If you want to look at one thing to predict a presidential outcome, it would be the misery indicator. And what the misery indicator is a combination of inflation and unemployment. And as the misery index sits right now, it's a little high. And that means it does not bode well for. President Trump, the sitting president. But now that's
1: because of, of unemployment usually mostly.
2: Right. Right. So inflation is extraordinarily low and, but unemployment is high, but why is unemployment high? It's high because of a pandemic. Right. And it's high because our, we had nationwide shutdown of businesses that was basically, you know, pandemic caused that shutdown. So I would argue that you can't really look at. I, I would argue that the misery index is, is enormously high right now and it's high art. And I would say artificially because of this pandemic. And that's why I said at the beginning, this pandemic has really upset the normal ebbs and flows of an election year. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not sure that we can take that misery index and put a lot of stock into it this election cycle, because I believe, that the unemployment rate is inordinately high due to a pandemic shutdown.
1: It probably will stay inordinately high though, will it not? And I mean that means the index will remain high for quite
2: some time. No matter who's in office. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's gonna take a while. I would not and remember back in January, February, we had great jobs numbers. I mean they're phenomenal. Unemployment was very low. That's right. And if we if that would have continued, if we let, let's say we didn't have the pandemic. Then we would continue to see pretty benign, in my opinion, inflation, jobs numbers, unemployment be very low, and you'd have a very low misery index, which would bode very well for the sitting president. So I would argue that the pandemic has disrupted that. I believe, I believe, artificially. The fact remains, though, that the misery index is high, and it is a good indicator. And so we can't, you know, hard to say which way that's going to fall for this particular election.
1: And I can tell you the uh, predictions are all over the map. Everything has a caveat with it, so I don't know what to, to believe, if any of them.
2: Yeah, I'm not here to predict an election <laughs> because <laughs> I would add about a thousand caveats to my prediction. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. It'll be interesting. But the, what I really want to get across, Patrice, to anybody listening out there, is – it's going to be okay. Uh, whoever gets in office and we all have our preferences. I get that. I understand that. And we all think that our guy is the right guy. And I hear all the time. This is the most critical election of our lifetimes. Well, I've heard that ever since I've been a, alive and hearing about elections, every election I've ever been a, a part of the narrative has been, this is the most critical election of our lifetime. No, it's not. It's not. I'm sorry. This is not the most critical election of our lifetime. It's a. It's important. They're all important, but this is not going to. Our lives are not going to change. We're gonna. We're gonna wake up November fourth, assuming we got an answer. And life's gonna go on. We're gonna go to work, or maybe maybe not. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) you're stuck at home in the panda. I don't know, but life's gonna continue on, and we're gonna get through this pandemic. We're gonna get through this election, and markets are gonna continue to perform, you on average as they have for the past seventy five years.
1: Thanks so much, Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of the Green Financial Group. So keep your powder dry, keep cool as we move through this year and into the next. And to subscribe to the Green Zone podcast, use the subscribe button on this page. You can also share with friends and colleagues using the share button. I'm Patrice Sacora and let's talk again later.
0: Thank you for listening to the Green Zone podcast. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas. 77057 and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.